Welcome back, Conversations Podcast. I'm Scott Law. And Dad, are you listening? Oh, uh, I'm here too. My name's Terry Law. <laughs> Hello, everyone. We, we are glad to be here. He's he's actually looking at his study notes, all engrossed in what he's going to share today, and so he didn't even realize that we were live. Uh, glad to be with you today. We're going to continue to unpack this uh, analogy of eagles and referencing how to hear God's voice and uh, being kicked out of the nest and how to learn how to fly. So I'll start off by reading Deuteronomy, our our, our kind of root scripture here that we had from last time. We're going to read it again here. Deuteronomy 32, 11 and 12. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. The Lord alone led him. No foreign God was with him. That phrase in verse 12 is so important. And uh, God led him. Uh, we're talking about Israel, Jacob, uh, in that particular chapter. And the Lord led Jacob like uh, an eagle teaches her children how to fly. That's our analogy on this time together we're, we're talking about and uh, if you listened before, you may not have, but if you listened before, we talked about the first thing that a mother eagle does with her young is she creates a nest, a beautiful, comfortable nest. Uh, she coats the inside of the nest with things that are sticky, like briars and thorns, etc. But the top layer in, in an eagle's nest is made primarily from the mother's wings. She'll take her beak and stab into her chest and pull out the feathers. It's, that's where the phrase feathering your nest comes from, actually. Mm. Anyway, the, the important thing for mother is to feed the children, get them growing, get them big enough so that she can ultimately teach them how to fly. And uh, that's what our whole purpose is here in talking about this. The Bible says clearly that this, God leads us just like a mother leads her children. And that is the way we hear the voice of God. God is talking to us through circumstance. He's talking to us through what goes on daily in our lives. And our job is to discern what he's saying. So mm. ultimately, and we got to this uh, last time, uh, the mother comes into the nest one day, no food in her mouth, she looks at the youngsters, she looks down the valley, and all of a sudden she scoops down with her beak into everything that is soft and downy in the nest. And she'll hop over to the edge of the nest and drop 10,000 feet into the valley. And, yeah, there you go. It's like Roadrunner out the whole again. But anyway, the, uh, the youngsters are startled. The eaglets, yeah. They can't believe that mom's doing this to them. This is, you know, like most Christians, when things would go wrong like this in your life, you'd blame it on the devil. Uh, I know I've done the same thing over the years, and I think he gets a lot of false advertising <laughs> that he doesn't need because he does do a lot of bad stuff, but some of the stuff that happens is something that God has allowed. And God is not trying to make life miserable for us. He's trying to show us how to fly and to move into new territory in him. Mm, mm. 
What are your thoughts on that? Oh, that was good. That was really good. I love, I love nature. I'm a bird guy and I'm a birder. And so the, this whole analogy of, of eagles is, I, I, I love it. I love it. The whole, the whole theme here is that faith has got to be tested. I don't know if you know this. I, I preach quite a bit on the subject of faith. And when you, when faith comes to you primarily from the scripture, that there are three things that happen along with your faith. Number one, you need to, have to learn how to confess your faith, speak, speak it with your mouth, declare the goodness of God with your mouth. The second thing that has to happen is uh, it's got to be tested. Your faith has got to be tested. And the third thing about faith is faith without action is not faith. Faith without works is dead. That's what James says in his book. But I, I'm, I'm moving along here now in talking about the process of getting the birds to fly. The mother cleans out the entire center of the nest. A junior and his sister are sitting on the thorns and the briars. Life is miserable. They, <laughs> they, they just don't want to keep doing it. And the, the whole idea is that God has reserved the right to try your faith. And he has tried my faith at times in ways that I thought, I, well, I didn't like it. I flat out thought it was the devil doing something that, that he wanted to do. But God is a, a caring God. He looks after us. He watches us. And he molds our life. But the one thing that God wants to do is what a mother eagle has to do for her youngsters. God's got to teach you and me how to fly. And that is one of the important lessons of our life. And you learn how to fly by hearing the voice of God. And God's first step with you and me is the, the lack of comfort. It goes. The uncomfortable comes. If I could use this big word, the vicissitudes of life are, <laughs> are coming at us from every direction. And we don't understand it, but God has chosen that way to get us ready for the big miracle. And uh, let me caution you, if God is stirring up your nest, and he is many people we're talking to right now, if God is stirring up your nest, don't think little. Think big. Think of the God that you serve and the big things that God wants to do in the world, and he's on our side. Praise God, he is on our side. And uh, he is going to be doing some wonderful things in our life. And I, I mentioned in the last session my opportunity of talking to Oral when I came back from my first mission in Africa and how he challenged me to take steps of faith, to do things that moved me to a position that if God didn't intervene, I'd be in trouble. And I've lived my life. I, I go to areas of the world. I've, my life has been on the line. I can't tell you how many times. And God has kept me safe. He's brought me through. But God is asking me now to use my faith. He's asking you to use your faith. And circumstances are rustling that nest. But today, uh, we're going to point number two in what happens to eagles. The Bible says, as an eagle stirreth up her nest, number one. Number two, hovereth over her young. One day, mother's been out doing whatever she's doing in the valley, and 
She comes into the nest. She lands on the edge of the nest. And again, she has nothing in her mouth, no food. And Junior and uh, sister, his sister have learned how to figure out something's up today. Mom's looking like that another strange look in her eye that we don't understand. And uh, the mother's waiting. And uh, she faces her big beak into the wind. And there's usually a wind on the mountaintops where eagles build their nest. A lot of wind up there. And uh, the mother is waiting for a certain moment in time. And when the wind starts to blow, ruffle the feathers in her nest, all of a sudden, the mother will let out the most terrifying scream you've ever heard in your life, scares the daylights out of Junior and his sister. But then the mother leaps into the air. She cocks her wings into a certain formation where the wind will help her hover. And the, the Bible says she hovers over her young. Uh, why is the mother doing that? Mother is trying to show her youngsters that they've got wings. Uh, junior and sister have, through the months of growing and eating, they've seen these appendages on the side of their body. They don't know what they are. They shake them a little bit. They move around a little bit. But they have never had a, a nature lesson in what those things are for. And so the, the time comes when uh, mother unfolds her wings and cocks her wings over the nest. And the junior and his sister are looking up into, in, into their mother, hanging just a few feet above the nest, and they're overwhelmed. They can't believe. Look at the size of her wings. I never believed they were that that big. But th this is an object lesson that mother is trying to teach the youngsters. Just some background. You know, the first, the first several weeks of an eagle, it's life. They can't walk. So they're pretty much stuck mm -hmm. sitting. They can't walk. So not only can they not fly, they don't understand their, their wings. They, they first learn how to walk and then they can learn to recognize their wings. So they, they're sitting there being fed and being taken care of by their mama eagle for several weeks. Eagles are huge, specifically like a bald eagle. A bald eagle, the symbol of, of America and so many of our armed forces, it is, it is a huge thing. Uh, it stands out, the white head, and it is massive. It weighs a lot. They have 7,000 feathers on them. 7,000? 7,000 feathers. On one, one mother. On one mother. Yeah. And very large. And so she cannot... All birds can fly. All birds can, most birds can fly, and, and they, they flap their wings. Well, the challenge for an eagle, a, mo a mother eagle even specifically, is that part of the reason why they soar is because if they're so heavy, they have so many feathers, mm. they're so large that if they flap their wings too much, then they can overextend and exhaust themselves and they could die. Mm -hmm. um, fatigue themselves. So soaring is something that they've learned through the years that it's just, it's easier for them. Uh, they're better equipped for it. And it, and it, it helps them reserve their energy mm. and keeps them uh, and their energy focused towards where, where it needs to be. Well, I, I learned uh, when I studied uh, eagles that an eagle's bones are hollow. They're cylindrical and there's air in the middle of them, and that's why 
they are so prone to be able to f move with, with the wind. Mm -hmm. When the wind blows, an eagle, simply by cocking its wings and moving it back and forth, can go anywhere it wants, and it can do it with great confidence simply because it understands the wind. Mm. And that is a very important thing to, to understand for eagles. There's a verse, uh, a couple of verses, Scott, that I want to quote out of uh, John Chapter 3, Nicodemus. You want, me to, you want me to read it? Sure. Nicodemus has come to Jesus. Nicodemus is a ruler of the Jews. He's a Pharisee. He's a, a learned man in the nation. And he comes to Jesus and he says, We know that you're a teacher come from God. Nobody can do these miracles that you do unless God is with him. And he's expressing this uh, wonder at Jesus. And then Jesus simply turns to him and says, Nicodemus, ye must be born again. That, what does that mean? And that, that's how Nicodemus responds. He said, Lord, are you telling me the second time I enter into my mother's womb to be born? And Jesus said, no. And then he makes some statements here in uh, John 3, 7. Okay. Go John, ahead. John 3, 7 through 9. You should not be surprised at my saying, this is Jesus talking, correct? Yeah. Yes. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. It's quite an amazing thing, but Jesus, when he's talking to Nicodemus, he, he uses the illustration of wind. And he's, mm. he, he compares the whole, how can you, you must be born again, Jesus said. And uh, Nicodemus misses it altogether. And uh, Jesus goes back to the Holy Spirit and refers to him as a, as a wind, the Holy Spirit. You don't know where he's coming from. You don't know where he's going. So is everyone who is born again of the Spirit. Uh, the wind is blowing in your life. Why don't you just say that to yourself right now, mm. wherever you're at? The wind is blowing in your life. God is blowing. God is taking you somewhere. God has a purpose and plan for your life. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans of good for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. God has plans flowing toward us, and they're coming to us. They're being born by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is carrying us, and God wants us to get off the nest, up in the air, and flowing with the Holy Spirit wherever he has to direct us. That's the lesson here for us. And the youngsters are, are being taught this object lesson by mother. And it's so important, you know, everybody that God leads. God had to uh, test Moses and uh, Moses, uh, as you know the story so well, killed an Egyptian and had to run to the backside of the desert. But God has testing times for all of his children. Joseph ended up in jail because of Potiphar's wife lying about him and trying to commit adultery with him. Uh, David uh, was chased by Saul. Saul was trying to kill him. All of God's people have had testings. And the wind blows in your life. You think it's a storm, and sometimes it is a storm. Sometimes it's a minor storm or a major storm. But I'll tell you one thing. In the storms of life, God is in the eye of the storm. That's where you find him. He's there to protect you. He's there to lead you on. So 
it's so important that we realize our potential in God, and the time is here now to enlarge our borders. As we start talking, we're in the middle of a nation that's being attacked by the coronavirus. Um, There are a lot of bad things going on. They're pulling statues down. They're burning buildings. They're throwing rocks through store windows. Uh, So many things are happening. And if there was ever a time for Christians to say to God, we need your direction, we need to hear you, we want you blowing in our life in a way that we can make and use positively all the wind that happens to be blowing in mm. the nation. Mm. God, blow on us, but lead us and show us the way. We want to hear your voice. The wind of the Spirit. Yeah. A great phrase. The yes. wind of the Spirit. And th- that's how the Holy Spirit does it. I, I love that. I think it's Isaiah chapter 58 where uh, God is talking to Isaiah and he says, the time is here to enlarge our borders. The time is here to lengthen our cords. The time is here to strengthen our stakes. It's talking about a a tent in the Middle East. And God is planning bigger things. And he's getting us ready to fly. And wow, the opportunities that are going to come are absolutely mind-blowing. The Bible calls us uh, in the book of uh, Deuteronomy, God has called us to be the head and not the tail. God wants to direct. God wants leadership in your life. And that's why he's talking. And that's why the wind is blowing. And I'll tell you, everyone, the wind is blowing in your life today. You may not understand it. You may not know where that wind is going. You may not even know where it comes from. But in the process, God wants you on the wing. He wants you off of the nest. He wants you soaring. And as you soar and as the wind blows, all of a sudden you'll start to hear the voice of God. And the Lord will open this door or that door. And it's all coming from heaven. And uh, that's what Jesus was trying to teach Nicodemus, that the wind blows and catch the wind So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. We're born of the Spirit of God. Isn't that an amazing miracle? Mm. We are born Mm. of the Holy Spirit, and the wind of the Spirit is blowing in your life and mine. Our job is to hear that wind, perceive where the wind is, perceive where the wind is blowing you, and it may blow you into places that absolutely startle you. The wind of the Spirit blew me into the White House in the middle of the war with Iraq. I was in the White House, and I won't go into explaining that, but I've talked to the Pope. I've talked to uh, leaders around the world, and it's it's hard to know where the wind's blowing, but you'll know when it's there, and when it's there, it's so important that you allow your wings to be in that certain position where they catch the upward flow of the Spirit. There's a, a lesson in storms for eagles. Eagles love storms because they know that when a storm comes, there's going to be winds like they've never experienced before, and the wind's going to blow them higher than they've ever been. It's going to be a moment of ecstasy. It's going to be a moment of absolute brilliance sailing way up into the universe, into the heavens. And uh, that's why uh, an eagle teaches its youngsters how how to fly, how to handle wind, Mm. because it's all in the fact that storms are coming 
And when those storms hit the mountain and they can't hang in the nest anymore and they've got to go somewhere to protect themselves, maybe in the cleft of the rock somewhere. But an eagle is teaching those kids how to negotiate the wind, how to navigate. It's probably a better word. How to navigate the wind of the Holy Spirit. And my life, as I look back on my life, Scott, the major things that I've done, the major places that God has put me, it has been the blowing of the wind. You know, I, I, I've learned over the years that God doesn't always take the most talented. He doesn't take the most gifted. He doesn't take uh, everyone who can jump and do cartwheels, et cetera, et cetera. God is looking for the available. And the wind is such a, a natural part of our life, and it blows. And as it blows in your life, God is moving you to somewhere, somehow. I remember when the wind blew on me in an Oral Roberts crusade up in uh, Edmonton, Alberta in 1967. I went to hear him preach. Came walking out of the hockey arena, picked up a brochure on a new university in Tulsa called Oral Roberts University, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the wind blew. Everything, I was, I was leaving, thousands of people were leaving, heading for their cars. The crusade service was over, and I was in the midst of all these people. But all of a sudden, everything went dead quiet. And the Holy Spirit said, as I looked at the brochure of ORU, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to go to that school. Your future is going to be tied up in that school and Scott, it so overwhelmed me. I, I mean, on the way home, I wept. I, I saw how much money it cost, it cost to go to school at ORU, and I said, Lord, I can't afford that. There's no way in the world. But God put it on the heart of a farmer that I was working with to pay my way to ORU, and God opened the door, and the wind has been blowing ever since. Uh, the first blowing of the wind for us as a ministry was Africa. We went to Africa for a year. And then the wind blew us in other places, in other ministries. Uh, I remember sitting in my house right here in Tulsa on 9-11. And I was watching the towers fall. And I was watching the horror that had struck our nation because of people from Islam who felt that they had to destroy us. The Lord spoke to me, sitting, looking at TV. It was a blowing of the wind. And the Holy Spirit said, do you want to curse the darkness or do you want to light a candle? I know I heard that somewhere, Scott. I don't know where I read it, but it's not in the Bible. I know that for sure. <laughs> but uh, do you want to curse the darkness or light a candle? And I sat watching TV saying, Lord, I'd like to light a candle. And the Spirit of the Lord said in my heart, then get over there. Get over there now. And within a week, Scott, Joel, and I had raised the money for our tickets. We were on our way, flying into the horror of war between Pakistan and Afghanistan. We were right there in the middle of the Muslim world, and we saw God do fantastic things. But it was the blowing of the wind. And when the wind blows, uh, God is saying, I've got a direction for you. And that's how we hear the voice. And when the voice comes in the wind, it's like a still small voice. It's way down inside. And sometimes our biggest trouble is we don't know how to listen. 
You know, be still and know that I am God, the Bible says. And in the stillness, it's a lot easier to listen. One of the problems for most of us is there's so much noise in your life, noise from the television, noise from advertising, noise from everything that's going on around about you, that it's difficult to be quiet. And being quiet has been one of the important things for my life because it's in the quietness that there'll be a whisper. And you can hear a whisper in the quiet. It's hard to hear a whisper in the noise. It's really hard to hear the whisper, but it's that whisper of God coming to you and moving you gently in this way or in that way. Folks, I say to you, God is talking. God is talking to you every day. The Bible says, uh, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. So God is talking. The wind is blowing. Are you hearing it? Will you listen? If you'll listen, you're going to hear what God has to say. And you're going to thank God that you took time to be quiet and let the wind blow on your life. Great things are coming. In my life right now, I'm 77 years old, great things are coming. Wind is blowing. I'm going to do a Skype crusade in Pakistan next week. And I can't even be there. It's going to be done by Skype, but we're going to conduct a healing crusade in Pakistan. I don't know how many thousands of people will, will be there. We're working with excellent contacts, but the wind is blowing. And if the wind's blowing, you can't sit alone in Tulsa, be af afraid to go anywhere because of coronavirus. They got Skype. We can do things out there that have never been dreamt or thought of before. So it's a new world. The wind is blowing. I like it. That's good stuff, Dad. Well, thank you for joining us today. Uh, it was a good message. The wind of the Spirit, listening to the Spirit of God speak. When you get out of the nest, carrying you to a place where God wants you. So thank you for joining us. Grace and peace on you all. We look forward to talking with you guys again soon. Take care. Thank you for listening today to the Conversations Podcast with Terry Law and Scott Law. We hope you enjoyed it. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, Terry Law Speaks. Go to terrylawspeaks.com if you'd like to book Terry to speak at your church or special event. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and many of the other major podcast platforms. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you next time as we continue to share the love and grace of God with you and with those who've yet to hear.